0: Well, this is probably the weirdest update I've ever had to do because I guess everyone took a break. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Okay, first off, when we look at the combat map, you may notice it's empty. Like Now, I don't know if they haven't updated, um, but they they clearly have. There are clearly updates from several hours ago. Um, Now, normally you will see literally hundreds even thousands of reports of russian shelling uh across or sorry dozens or hundreds of reports of russian shelling across the entire front line so the russians almost never let it up now i i think it's really uh probable at least that there simply is a is a gap in the reporting given that russian artillery almost never stops um but we would also see someone changing hands somewhere. And as you guys can see, there's really not that either. Uh, no offensives in Bachman, no offensive near Donetsk. Um, and while well, I would say this is a reporting error, but War Mapper says the same thing. There's no changes to control at all. No changes to control at all in Bachman. Um, even the Deep State map says that Well, it's depicting some level of offense. Uh, There's no update for today. Uh, As of yesterday, the only real changes that we talked about were in um, Savolte. And you can see it's pretty minor. It's actually listed as a small Russian counterattack near Andreevka. Why? Why do do militaries do this? Well, we talked about earlier, um, usually... When you have, you don't want to stop operations if you you can avoid it. Um, The reason that I think you could. Oh, also I'm going to point out that even within the Russian campaign assessment, um, the only activity we're talking about is the uh, increase of Ukrainian drone or rather the increase of Russian attacks on Ukrainian. infrastructure. But even the Ukrainian air defenses have shot down every one of the 16 Russian drones. Now, we talked about this, that in some ways, this is emblematic of wars that go on and on and on, right? Each side is learning. And we're literally watching it in real time as these strikes, these drone and cruise missile strikes on Ukrainian infrastructure uh, initially were devastating with dozens and dozens, uh, you know, something like the majority of these cruise missiles getting through, now it's a minority that actually make it to their targets. And in instances like this, the drones literally have a 0% success rate. And we see it too on the ground. If you were on the Patreon, um, you on Friday, we did a reaction to two different footage uh a drone footage of attacks on Russian trench lines and we could see that while some Russians still appear to be newly mobilized with very poor TTPs and a poor construction of their fighting position um other Russian units appear to be improving their ability to uh, counter Ukrainian drone attacks themselves by improving their overhead cover of fighting positions and spending less and less time uh, making their fighting positions more drone resistant, right? All of this, I think, is a combination combining to produce these effects where it's harder for both sides to take territory, right? And you know we're here to be a fair broker um you could see that that ukrainians are allegedly pushing near kremenina and savote but we're not really seeing the breakthroughs um or the movement that we were that you know i think the ukrainians were really hoping to see and i say all this because the fighting has been unsustainably intense and i've i've told people this um that this level of intensity in a conflict uh it, it just can't be sustained again i look back to the i perhaps we draw a comparison to the first world war in which both sides the level of casualties and intensity of combat in the first uh really you know I, again i think it was several weeks were was just i don't know unreal level of intensity it was and that was a unique period of time where the industrialization of war uh was being fought using tactics of the pre-industrial napoleonic era and by the time tactics caught up to the industrialization um you saw a increasing uh, difficulty in making tactically significant gains. Now, do I think that's the case here? Uh, my answer is is maybe. Um, we've talked about the fact that a lot of Russian soldiers don't have combat experience to draw on. They don't have uh, significant amounts of training to draw on. And so they have a steeper learning curve than everyone else. But Russia has in its sort of pretty cruel way solved this problem as well because they in places like bachman newly mobilized soldiers are being sent on the most dangerous missions they're doing these recon by fire uh rather recon by receiving fire um or simple frontal assaults uh whereas second line experienced trained troops uh are held in reserve to exploit breakthroughs or to exploit when the mobilized troops find gaps in Russian lines. So in their way, the Russians are also preserving their combat power as best they can and preserving uh, those troops who are best able to survive on this battlefield, uh, as Ukraine is doing, right? By not launching major offensives to try to push the Russians out of Bakhmut. right? They are conserving their own combat power while inflicting Russian casualties, all of this means, since both sides have realized that they cannot, they do not have the material or men uh, to stage more major advances. You're going to see both sides become more disciplined fighters. Uh, I mean that in the sense of, of of maybe more conservative operations. Now, NATO, especially if you're a NATO army, conservative operations are. In some ways, anathema to NATO tactics, right? NATO equipment, NATO doctrine, and NATO organizations oriented the around around the idea of a pretty lightning offense, right? Uh, you just cannot grind an enemy down uh, using NATO tools. It, it's The supply chains can get really long, as we've talked about. There's some rumors that the factories, for example, that make HIMARS uh, are actually already starting to see supply issues running out of rockets. And in the grand scheme of warfare, this this has not been going on that long for an attritional war. Uh, But... Again, the idea of the HIMARS is sort of like what we saw, where it breaks up enemy supply lines, it prepares the battlefield for an offensive, and in the case of Kherson, the offensive never even had time to fully materialize because the preparations were so effective that the Russians simply withdrew on their own. Um, So the Ukrainians are going to have to find a way to restart their offensive operations uh, in a way that breaks and pushes Russian lines. This is... Easier said than done, because as we've discussed, Russian artillery, while not nearly as precise as the Ukrainians, uh, can still break up major uh, offensives, break up major formations. And so there's a huge uh, question mark, even in my mind. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do if I was a Ukrainian commander, um, even if I were able to convince uh, the, the Ukrainian, you know, I'm going to say high command, the Ukrainian, their version of the Joint Chiefs of the Ministry of Defense how where i would attack uh in an effort to break up uh to break through russian lines with the existing ukrainian forces so again i think we're seeing this operational pause as both sides consolidate and transition back onto the offense at a later date i suspect uh that the ukrainians may be the first to the punch they may realize that you know if they wait till the spring the russians will bring hundreds of thousands of more troops even if many of them are poorly trained uh you know quantity has a quality all its own so the ukrainians probably need to find a way to consolidate and push harder i think they have if they're going to break through at uh, Setove, they probably have about 24 hours to show good progress um, before, you know, before I think Russia will be able to bring troops to reinforce that front. Uh, is it is it possible that this is a feint like we saw where the Kherson offensive became the Kharkiv offensive to everyone's surprise? Maybe, uh, certainly possible. Anyway, guys, uh, that is all I had. Of course, if you want to see those combat video breakdowns, the kind that I can't show you on YouTube, you want to do that on the Patreon. Uh, Thanks so much to my Lieutenant Tier patrons. I know I have a few more Lieutenant Tier patrons I have to update, but I appreciate every one of you guys. Um, And the link to that's in the description. And oh, have a good New Year. Sincerely, I can't wait for what's in store for 2023. Uh, For the channel, right? Obviously, uh, I'm hoping 2023 is the year we get uh, a peace deal in Ukraine. But I'm excited to have whatever happens. uh, I'm here for you guys, and I appreciate you being here for me. See you guys in the next year.